I'm Amber. And I'm Becca. From cranberries to cows and everything in between, this is Forward Farming. Hey guys, welcome back to Forward Farming. Today we have a very special guest joining us on the podcast, and if you listen to our Quick Trip episode that came out last week, I think, um, you'll hear the story of how Becca and I met this guest, but if you missed it, that's okay too. I'll give you a quick little recap. Uh, So today we are joined by Miss Wisconsin, and we met her at the Quick Trip event that Becca and I went to in La Crosse at the beginning of November, and while we were seated for our dinner here comes miss grace just walking in like a million bucks and sits down next to us and we start chatting and we find a little bit more about her and just she's such an interesting person this is such a great episode very excited um for you guys to hear all about her and she's just she's just a wonderful person um so we wanted to get her on before she headed off for miss america which is coming up next week i believe so make sure you guys are rooting for her and cheering her on um and you'll be able to watch that on peacock i think but i'm not totally sure i'll let you guys know when i know um so anyway i don't want to hold you guys up too much longer because this is such a great interview so without further ado please enjoy today's episode are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right, guys. We have a very special guest joining us today. And Becca and I actually just talked about how we met her at our Quick Trip event um, in last week's episode. Today, we are joined by Grace Stanky, or you might know her as Miss Wisconsin. So, welcome to the podcast, Grace. Ah, thank you. I'm so excited. I recently became a podcast girl, like all my hours driving as Miss Wisconsin music kind of got old and now I've been getting into podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about that. That's actually how um, we kind of made this connection. You said that you like a uh, true crime uh, podcast and I was like, yes, crime junkie. And you're like, yes, I was listening to that too. <laughs> so, exactly. Too funny. Um, but thank you for coming on here. I know you have a lot going on right now um, with Miss America coming up. What is that? That's going to be next week after this episode drops. Yeah. So let's kind of start on your history. Where do, where are you from? Give us the, the whole rundown, where you're from, what you're doing, um, what you're going to school for, all that fun stuff. Yeah, let's dive into my life story here. Uh, so I grew up in Wausau, was born and raised there, and that's central Wisconsin. Um, pretty much went through most of like public school systems. I did go to a private school for a couple of years. Uh, throughout my time as pre-graduating high school, I was very academically driven, still am, but I was able to actually skip a grade and I started taking college classes while I was in high school. So I did what's called- No big deal. <laughs> well, no it's, yeah, it's a, <laughs> a strange child. I ticked off a lot of administrators back in my day. Uh, God bless the Wausau School District. They know my name very well, and I don't know if it's in a good way or a bad way. But uh, besides <laughs> the point, I, I was able to skip sixth grade. And then in high school, I still wasn't feeling challenged enough. And I really pushed to go take college classes. So I got into dual enrollment. And as I started that, I started off with just taking one math class. And then I decided, hey, I'd like to tack on an English class. And it just kept 
growing until I was a full-time college student and a full-time high school student my junior and senior year of high school. So I was able to graduate high school at 17 with uh, the equivalent of an associate's degree. The only reason I couldn't get the degree is because I was graduating high school a month later and I needed to have a high school diploma to get the associate's degree. So every single one of the administrators at the at the university was like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, me too. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of like the the premise of growing up. Um, I started playing violin when I was eight years old. That's kind of an important part of the story here. Uh, so I've been playing violin now for 12 years. And at this point in time, I go to school at UW-Madison and I'm studying nuclear engineering, uh, which is really out there. Totally. When you told us that, I like I think my jaw just hit the floor. I was like, you, you do what? You're <laughs> studying what? Yeah, that's- it's it's. amazing yeah super unusual I I really love it and I think it's it's something that isn't that common right now but I definitely see it becoming more and more common especially as our society continues to evolve you know nuclear technology really is all around us and it's so neat because I I'll be honest I wish I had a really cool story about going into the nuclear field I simply picked it because I thought it sounded cool like that was it that was that was it and then like I thought it sounded cool then my dad was like there's no future like don't do it and I was 16 and I'm like watch me um and <laughs> like that was it that was it uh, but I ended up going to school and I, once I started learning about it I was like wait this is actually really cool and I really lucked out where I think I I really fell into what has turned into being my passion uh quite quite quickly and early on in my life. Uh, but since then, you know, nuclear technology, I've worked on and seen it in medicinal purposes. It's in agriculture, actually, in a lot of places. It's obviously power plants and things like that. It's neat to see the different applications and how it affects our daily lives. You know, it's nuclear technology is in our smoke detectors. It's why when you take the battery out, it's still beeping. Uh, and so sorry, I'll take responsibility, but on behalf of the <laughs> nuclear industry. <laughs> but it's it's something that's really, really neat. And I've become really passionate about So do you have a um, career path kind of lined up for once you graduate college and after Miss America is kind of, or Miss America and Miss Wisconsin kind of wraps up, um, do you, do you have an idea of what your next step is going to be? Yeah, I'll probably be working in a power plant of some sort. Uh, I've been looking at one in Arizona actually pretty heavily. So that's probably where I'll end up. Uh, in a technical, you know, more of the stereotypical engineering sort of job. I love engineering and it forever will be a big part of me, but I don't see myself staying in that role for 40 plus years. You know, Uh, after about 10 years, I'm hoping to get into sort of a front end position, whether it's, you know, representing a company or doing advocacy work or working on policy, something along those lines, just because I do enjoy communicating. I enjoy working with people and I, but I also believe that as an advocate and as a, you know, maybe a politician you got to have the experience, you got to have the knowledge, you got to have the the background to support the stance, support the view. So that's where I, I'm really passionate about making sure I spend time in the power plants and spend time in the power industry, understanding it more than just me as a 20 year old girl who doesn't have a degree yet. Like that's, that's the thing is I've been invited to do some really incredible things as Miss Wisconsin, but I'm like, I can't jump right into this right away in my career. I need to know more about the industry before I really start advocating for it. That's so so smart. (laughs) Everyone needs that mindset. You can't just jump full force into something thinking that you know it all. Like 
you got to take those stepping stones to understand behind the scenes and stuff. And I think, um, I mean, I'm just thinking of the dairy industry here, but a lot of those like upper management roles, it's like, do you understand what happens like on dairy farms? Because I think you would do something a little bit different. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm sure you guys experience that on a daily basis. So (laughs) very much. Yes. That's incredible that you, um, not only like are going for such a, I don't want to say extreme um, profession, but like such an incredible one. Do you find that it's um, a pretty common type of engineering? I guess when I think of engineering, I think of like mechanical engineers or like, you know, the more basic ones. Is that kind of a niche uh, or niche, whatever you want to call it, engineering type? Yeah, nuclear is definitely very, very small. You know, looking at UW-Madison here, their mechanical engineering program has I don't even know how many students, like well over a thousand at least in each class, let alone like overall. Um, Right now, my nuclear engineering class will graduate with about 30 people. So it's a very small major. But the thing about nuclear and the reason why so many people actually transfer into it, and one of the reasons that I fell in love with it is I like to describe nuclear engineering as a big melting pot of all different types of engineering. So we need to know a little bit of electrical because sometimes we're going to be working on a control panel for the power plant. We need to know a little bit of mechanical for when we're working on the valves and the pumps and the water coolant system for the power plant plan. We need to know a little bit of coding for whatever reason. Like it, you need to know the the phrase a mile wide and inch deep is a very great description of the nuclear field and, and what we do, which I love because maybe I'm indecisive. I don't know. I couldn't pick just one. Um, and it, it's, it's been fun because I don't like doing the same thing every day. Now I can wake up. And when I did work in the nuclear industry right now with Miss Wisconsin, I'm not uh, directly working for a nuclear company. But when I did, that was something where every project I have was drastically different. There was no repeat. There was no sense of like repetition in terms of, oh, I'm just wash, rinse, repeat, do the same project over and over again, which I love. I love the challenge. Apparently, you know, I don't know if that shows or not. (laughs) Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, kind of going back to your stand back and watch me do it type of mentality. Um, I imagine that started at a young age and I suppose that kind of helped you get into the Miss Wisconsin competitions where you're at now, just as kind of like a stand back and watch me do this type of thing. Um, so how old were you when you, uh, first started getting into these competitions? Yeah. So I, it wasn't as much a stand back and watch me actually with, with the Miss Wisconsin organization. I was 13 years old. I had just started competing in local violin competitions just to help get a couple of extra dollars to help pay for violin lessons. And when I performed and competed in those competitions, I, I shook, I forgot my music. I like did everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. So in my mind, 13 year old me was like, how do I solve this? exposure therapy. I don't know why. I was like, do it more. This will solve it. Uh, And I looked up talent competitions, which is a terrifying thing to Google when you're 13 years old, by the way. Don't do it. Don't recommend it. But I ended up coming across the Miss America and Miss America's Outstanding Teen Organization. So for those of you that don't know, Miss America is for women ages 18 to 26, but they added the Outstanding Teen Program about like 13 to 15 years ago, I don't know exactly how long ago it was added, but there's an outstanding teen program for teenagers aged 13 to pretty much high school graduation. 
So as a 13-year-old, I got into the Outstanding Teen competition. Uh, I realized it was more than just violin. And I wanted something that was more than just a violin performance. I wanted to, you know, maybe gain something else along the way. And I was lucky enough that the Miss America's Outstanding Teen taught me not only interview skills and communication skills, but it gave me a good group of friends. And, you know, 13-year-old me even learned how to do my makeup, which is a wild concept because I'm not, I'm not the person that wears makeup every day. Uh, but it was something that was really just the right place, right time. And I competed in the Outstanding Teen program for two years. I was honored with the title of Miss Wisconsin's Outstanding Teen in 2017. And once you win a state title in one of the age groups, you can't compete again in any context of that age group. So like I couldn't become Miss Wisconsin's Outstanding Teen and try for it again, or I couldn't go to Minnesota and try for it in Minnesota. You have to be a resident in that state and that community in order to participate in the in the competition. So after winning Miss Wisconsin's Outstanding Teen in 2017, I was only 15. I obviously couldn't really compete in Miss for a while. So I grew up and I took those two to three years uh, to just kind of, you know, be myself, which I really love and recognize a lot because me now is totally different than me in 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the the difference between sophomore high school you and senior in college you, two very different people, right? I think oh, anyone sure. can, can agree. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and then when I turned 18 and I was in college, I went to UW, I mentioned I go to UW-Madison. Well, UW-Madison is not cheap. At that point, you know, I, I was paying for my way through college and I was looking to return back to the Miss America's uh, Miss America organization to earn more scholarship dollars, uh, which I was lucky. I became Miss Madison the first year I competed. I went to state that year, placed top 10, and then I came back this year as Miss Badgerland and walked away as Miss Wisconsin, which has been a wild ride. <laughs> yeah. So oh. when, sorry, <laughs> when is it a coronation? Is it a crowning? Like what's like the final, when were you crowned Miss Wisconsin? Is that the best way to ask? Yeah. So for context, uh, we have a competition. Uh, You start off competing at the local level first. So you have to have a local title before going on to the state level in the Miss Wisconsin organization. So I competed at Miss Madison was one of my, was my second local in the Miss level. uh, And I was lucky enough to become Miss Madison that year. Then you go on to state and the areas of competition stay the same. So the areas of competition is interview, uh, you've got talent, evening gown, and then there's social impact pitch and onstage questions. So a couple of variety things. Social impact pitch is uh, basically like a 45 second TED talk about the thing you're passionate about in your community is the best way to describe it. And interview is a nine and a half minute long interview where I've been asked anything from what's your favorite color to what do you think the United States stance should be on the Russia versus Ukraine conflict? Like it is anything and everything under the moon that they ask. Uh, So at the state level for like context of becoming Miss Wisconsin, you actually spend a week in Oshkosh, uh, mid-June approximately, where you have two nights of preliminary competitions with all of the other candidates. So this year there was 22 candidates and two separate nights of preliminaries. And then there's a finals night where only the top 10 compete in all of the areas of competition, except interview, because the interview is private and just you and the panel of judges or the panel, the panelists. Um, so that's, that's kind of like the, the competition and what it's there. Talent can be, 
anything and everything. Yes, I have more of like the stereotypical talent as a violinist. Uh, a lot of people would assume singing, dancing, music, whatever for a talent, but we've had a Miss America that did a science experiment. There's a lot of people that do monologues. I've seen here in Wisconsin, you know, I'm a, I'm a competitive water skier. We all know show skiing's a thing here in Wisconsin. And if you don't look it up, it's great. It's fun to do it for your whole family. <laughs> uh, but I've seen like a swivel ski demonstration on uh, at a local competition for talent, which is super cool to see, especially bringing out that piece of Wisconsin culture. Uh, so talent is really anything as long as it can be entertaining and you make it fun for the audience is the biggest thing. All right, before we move on, Amber, what would your talent be? I gotta know. Uh, <laughs> I would I, totally, okay, I would bring a cow on the stage and I would note it. Because I would love that. I don't have much else for talent and, you know, the people is there, would remember is, me. <laughs> Is there like a competitive like speed milking league? Like, can you like, is it like speed milking? <laughs> I don't know, but there should be. I mean, because we like use machines, but maybe the Amish yeah. community has that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That would be amazing. How quickly can you turn butter? That would be fun. That would be, That'd be a good workout. Oh my gosh. Everybody um, would be like, her forearms. They got rid of life <laughs> fitness. No, she brought it back. <laughs> So obviously you need to hire us on as like your marketing team. We would <laughs> yes. just, we would crush it. I'm, I'm really thinking. The violin so is you, great and all, but we can really yeah. bring you to the next level. <laughs> we'll bring you butter. We'll bring you cows. I'll bring you cranberries. You name it. You got it. Chef's kiss. Love that. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> okay. Right, so sorry, I have I to, I have to know before, just as long as we're on the topic of weird questions, what's the difference between a violin and a fiddle? Is it just the way that you play it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's okay. it. <laughs> okay. That's just, it. It's the same, curious. same exact interest instrument, except I would say a fiddle might be not tuned as well in like most contexts of like, you know, oh, I'm going to see like a bluegrass band and there's a fiddle player. Uh, it might not be tuned as precisely as a classical violinist might tune their instrument, but otherwise it's the same exact instrument. There's no physical difference. So do wow. you ever just like go rogue and you're just like, I'm going to change it up and just play the fiddle real quick? Oh yeah. I mean, definitely. I, I'm a big proponent and my violin teacher, he didn't know what to do with me, with me really, because he's a Suzuki violin teacher, which like, if you don't know, Suzuki is kind of like almost the world gold standard for teaching an instrument and like teaching violin. Right. Well, I had started off violin the first two years with somebody that it was their first time teaching. I wasn't really taught well for the first two years, but I will say I was taught fun. Like it was very fun and engaging and it wasn't boring. So it did keep me interested. Uh, but after two years, I switched to Mr. Langer, who is from my hometown of Wassa at the Wassa Conservatory of Music. And he was a Suzuki teacher. And at that point, he's like, well, you're not exactly a traditional Suzuki student. I can't just put you in twinkle, twinkle, little star because you're beyond that level. And I sat there and there would be times where we'd kind of do some Suzuki stuff, some classical music, but then I'd be like, you know, what if I played like a Lindsay Sterling piece, which she's kind mm -hmm. of a little bit more of a pop artist in terms of her music. And uh, one year for state, actually at Miss Wisconsin, I played Thunderstruck by ACDC. So yeah. I've really <laughs> thrown him for a lot of loops and he's, he's worked with me on all of them, which is fantastic. Uh, but I think one thing about violin is that, yeah, it's, it's a classical instrument, but music is so awesome and can be modernized in so many ways. I'm playing a, a piece by Vivaldi for Miss America, but 
like I said last year, I played Thunderstruck. I just did a parade last week, Wednesday before Thanksgiving, where yeah, it was a Christmas parade, but people still want to hear Devil Went Down to Georgia. So you bet I played <laughs> Devil Went Down to Georgia. <laughs> oh, I love that. So cool. Yeah, thanks. It's pretty fun. I enjoy it. <laughs> so, okay. Um, what was your what was your little TED talk? What what did you call that? I'm sorry. Your it's little a- yeah, the, the overall uh, competition phase is called the social impact pitch. Yes. Um, I could not give you the one I gave at state. I don't remember it. <laughs> but for context of what my social impact is and a little bit of a preview for my Miss America social impact pitch, um, I, I promote clean energy, cleaner future is the name of it, right? So the background behind a social impact initiative for people unfamiliar with the Miss America organization is it's a cause that you want to promote in your community. It's sort of like your number one thing, you know, you've got politicians that are like, oh, you know, I want to do this or whatever, like whatever their key thing is, that's social impact initiative for us. So for mine, it's called clean energy, cleaner future. And as a nuclear engineer, I'm very passionate about zero carbon energy and advocating for nuclear. So clean energy, cleaner future is all about switching America over to zero carbon energy. Now I don't need, I typically don't need to convince people to support wind or solar or biomass or hydroelectric but I need to convince people to support nuclear energy. And nuclear really is the only path forward for us to continue sustaining the world that we live in at this point. You know, the amount of power that's used is incredible and our population is going to continue to grow. Our agriculture needs are going to continue to grow as well as our population continues to grow. We can't afford to give up that land usage to solar panels and wind farms and things like that. So that's really where nuclear steps in as a small small and very, very powerful source of energy for people to use to power their homes. You know, just one power plant powers 14% of Wisconsin, one nuclear power plant powers 14% of the state of Wisconsin in comparison to the rest of it is powered by 90 plus gas and fossil fuel plants. So there's a, there's a huge disparity in terms of how much it can actually produce. And, you know, the nuclear industry has been producing power for over 50 years and people always bring up waste. They always bring up Chernobyl and things like that, which I'm sure is kind of a thought on your mind right now. Um, But the biggest thing is over the past 50 years, there have only been those three major disasters. Let's talk about just the past 15 years in America of fossil fuels. Like, let's just start with just the Deepwater Horizon oil spill. More people died there than all of nuclear energy history. And that just kind of speaks a lot towards our culture of safety. And every single time something that happened, any of those three major disasters, we learned from it. I always say um, Three Mile Island is a popular disaster. Um, And it's prior to Three Mile Island, the nuclear industry had a culture of well, whatever could go wrong, you know, the machines know how to take care of it. It's all automated. Well, now we've shifted that culture after that incident happened because the machines weren't ready to fix it. You know, it wasn't automated. Now we've very much so got a culture of forward thinking and honestly preparing for worst case scenario every single time we do something. And that just speaks a lot to the safety. And it's it's one of the safest fields to work in. I'm, I'm very excited and very honored to be a part of that industry. You know, I've never once felt in danger or, or worried for my safety. It's so easy for the media and I mean, everyone in general to always look at the negative side of things Mm -hmm. and never the positive side of things. And it's, it's frustrating. And we see that a lot in agriculture. All the time. All the time. Oh yeah. 
So I'm, I'm glad that you're using your platform to bring these issues to light. Um, so with the, with your talk, is that something that you kind of like work throughout the year to kind of keep promoting and stuff like that? It's like your, you've got like your, your what? Oh, philanthropy. Yeah, Yeah. Just like your, your main core topic that you kind of preach throughout the year. So first of all, I want to like step back here to talking about the the advocacy side of things and like people not seeing the right thing. You know how often I scroll through TikTok and someone makes a weird comment on a dairy farmer's post and I'm like, you're so wrong. Like, you're just so wrong. <laughs> and I'm sure mm-hmm. you experience that on a daily basis. <laughs> oh, I it's, just don't so understand. it's so it's frustrating. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like you want to teach them, but at the same time, like some people mm-hmm. don't want to be taught. They want to think yes. what they think is right and they they don't want to hear the other side of it and it's it's frustrating but at the same time I think there's so many people in the movable middle that they're not as loud but they're out there and they're listening to you and so yeah we just got to keep doing our thing and that's where the focus is and I completely wholeheartedly agree like I've got a couple of experiences that I've had talking about nuclear energy where people are flipping me off walking away like all sorts of things and I'm like you're not worth my time like I'm sorry (laughs) um but back to your your original question about, you know, is this something I do throughout the year? And the answer to that is yes. At this point, I've been Miss Wisconsin since June 18th, so a little over five months now. And I've received actually just under $10,000 in funding for partnerships in terms of I'll be going to speak to over 9,000 high school students across the state of Wisconsin about nuclear energy. Uh, Two of them are social media partnerships. So you guys have probably seen a couple of the nuclear posts that I I put out. Um, And then on top of that as well, recruiting and advertising for the Department of Engineering Physics here at UW-Madison to help talk about, you know, come to nuclear engineering like this is an exciting field and it's something that people should be going into so that sort of thing is like the major highlight but beyond that i've had the opportunity to be keynote speakers at international conferences i've spoken to individuals from nine different countries now and i've heard feedback from nine different countries uh and then from there you know going through and i sat on a panel of the wisconsin electric cooperative association i'm invited to speak at dairyland powers uh, Dairyland Power Co-op's annual meeting later in June. Like it just just a lot of things like that. We're talking about nuclear and getting that conversation started and dispelling those rumors and just having it come from, you know, not necessarily, I'm not an expert in it by any means yet. I do know more than the average person because of where I'm at in my degree. I have very, very little left. Uh, but I've also got the young and youth perspective, which is really different than listening to a guy who's been working in a power plant for 40 years. And it's mm-hmm. really exciting having that opportunity to go and speak to people and connect with people, you know, even at, at things like Warren's Cran Fest, which you two were probably there. I probably mm-hmm. like saw you at some point, but, <laughs> um, but you know, even at, at like Cran Fest in Wisconsin, when I'm just talking with people at a festival as Miss Wisconsin, you know, I say, hey, I'm a nuclear engineer and they go like, a little double take there. Um, and, and it's it starts a really important conversation that's that's needed as our country and political climate continues to shift towards the the transition to zero carbon energy. I am that honestly just like lit a little fire underneath me just listening to you talk about this. It's like you're gonna go so far in life just by having this passion and just how well spoken you are. Like honestly, this is what your industry needs is is people like you to educate first and foremost, and then 
find a way to make it better and make sure that everyone is on board and feeling comfortable with what you're so passionate about. I think that is huge. Um, and I think your industry is very, very fortunate to have you as kind of like they're, I, you're going to be like the face of the industry. Just, just you wait, it's going to be, it's going to be huge. You're going to be do so many great things. I'm just so excited to watch you do oh, it. And, thank you. Thank and you. Like, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. I would say not only that, but the fact that you're not trashing other yes. sources <laughs> of energy in the process, like it's going to take more than one type, I think, to to, you know, keep us moving forward. And that's just refreshing because there's room for everyone at the table. Oh yeah. Um, everyone's got their pros and cons, but I think it's important to remember at the end of the day that we kind of need everyone to work together to do what's best for our country and our world. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's incredible. So that's just snaps for you. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Well, it's, it's super exciting. And I, I always, when I talk about the nuclear industry and I I said this at the panel with the Wisconsin Electric Cooperative Association, I've said this to nuclear professionals. I've said this to anyone and everyone, the nuclear industry doesn't have a science and technology problem. We have the science, we have the technology, we know how to do it. It's, it's there. It's a communication and a politics problem is what it comes down to is the policy mm-hmm. surrounding it and the culture surrounding the idea of nuclear. You know, I'm, it's it's honestly shocking how many people are like nuclear waste isn't green goo. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's just rocks like it just looks like rocks. That's it. And it sits in giant concrete containers that sit there and they don't do anything like that. That's it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So it's, it's always fun um, having the conversations and shifting, you know, the way the media sees it. Even this morning and today was a big media day for me in preparation for Miss America, just talking with people about nuclear energy and that, that first impression they have in changing that. I think we can relate to that very much. Yeah. <laughs> that's, kind of, that's kind of why both of us started our social media platforms is to just educate and let people know like, hey, farmers aren't here just spewing green goo <laughs> into your water or whatever else you know that yeah. so yeah we can we can relate to that a thousand percent so we're on your side on this one. <laughs> oh my gosh I be- yeah I believe it and I I always wonder so much about the agriculture industry I that's one thing that as Miss Wisconsin I feel like I'm a disappointment you know I don't know a ton about it I the first time I really even learned that the cranberry was the state fruit and like was a big thing in Wisconsin was back in 2017 after becoming Miss Wisconsin's outstanding teen and going to Cranfest. And I was like, there's this whole world of cranberry marshes on this side of the state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's yep. so neat to learn about that. And like now, you know what? Like I made cranberry sauce to go on my French toast on Sunday. Like it's just oh, like yay. a part of my <laughs> life now. <laughs> Well, obviously you are welcome anytime at either of, I'm going to speak for Becca. You can come to either of our farms anytime. <laughs> Becca, you don't get a choice. Oh, no choice. I don't even let you milk a cow to prepare for your talent competition. <laughs> you want to know, so many people have asked me, like, since I miss Wisconsin, they're like, so have you milked a cow? And I'm Isn't like, such just, an awkward and it's, question. It's not, it's not a lighthearted question. It's an intense judgmental stare that goes into this question. And I'm like, I'm kind of scared to say no, because I haven't like physically like grabbed the udder and milked the cow. <laughs> I've done the, like when I was in second grade, we did the dairy farm tour and we put the little like electronic things on, but I was like, that's it. I don't know if that counts. <laughs> 
All right. I know you're a little busy in the next couple of weeks, but next year, hit me up. We'll get you to milk a cow. <laughs> we'll do. We'll do. I'll call you up. Even, even if I do become Miss America, I'll be like, all right, we're doing a dairy farm tour. We're, we're going to have happen. to take a break in this. <laughs> so if you, after the Miss America competition, which is um, going to be this next week after this airs, do you automatically like go straight into Miss America or do you finish out Miss Wisconsin? How does that work? Since I'm guessing your reign as Miss Wisconsin goes till June. Yes, that is correct. So every state title holder gets about one calendar year uh, to serve as Miss whatever. And during that calendar year, all 51 of us go to Miss America and compete for Miss America. But 50 women walk away as Miss State, right? Uh, only one woman walks away as Miss America. And for that one woman that does, she will step right into that role. You know, the day after being crowned is a media day where it's interviews from literally like 6 a.m. until midnight um, and so on and so forth. And Miss America, you know, I, one of the biggest things that I like to talk about is these are paid positions as Miss Wisconsin. This is my full-time paid job for a year. Uh, and if I do become Miss America, then I would step into that role right away. And my first runner-up, Kyleen, she's a wonderful woman and would be a great representative of Wisconsin. Um, I'm still very good friends with her. She would then take on the job of Miss Wisconsin if she accepts. I don't know if she would accept or not, but <laughs> it's something that then she would finish out the six months left of this Miss Wisconsin year. And I would just be Miss America for a calendar year then. So from December until the following December when the next Miss America competition takes place. Oh, I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. What are you most excited about with the Miss America competition? I, I feel like I'm just like, a broken record right now, but I'm really excited to interview and talk about nuclear energy because I, I like I'm a big nerd when it comes to it and I love talking about it and you know, I always sit there and I'm like, ask me about the waste, like do it. Like I, I dare you, you know, um, it's, it's something that's really just a big part of my life. But beyond that, to, to kind of just be 100% me, I think is where, where that excitement stems from is I know everything I'm bringing into the Miss America competition is 100% authentically me, which to me is more important than becoming Miss America. I don't want to two weeks after Miss America be sitting there saying, well, what if I had done this? Or what if I had said that? I just know that I've got my best foot forward and they know what they're getting into if they choose me as well, which is an important thing. <laughs> so, yeah. But it's like you said, you're just, you're being your authentic self. You're not putting on a show just to win this title because at the end of the day, yeah, like, yes, it'd be amazing to be Miss America, but the fact that you're able to um, use this platform right now to spread the news um, and the good word about the nuclear industry, even, you know, going on to the competition, you're going to be able to talk to so many people and get that bug in their ear to learn more mm -hmm. about nuclear energy. So, you know, regardless of the outcome, people are still going to remember about that, those conversations that you're having. And there really is no way to like, lose you know it, because worst case scenario I walk away from Miss America and come back and be Miss Wisconsin for six more months which is so much fun I love being Miss Wisconsin but it's it's something that you know then in June I would hand off the title and great then I get to finish up my degree and and you know move on with my career in that sense which is equally as exciting to me as as being Miss America I mean I'm very excited to watch um I, you're going to knock it out of the park. And I think before, before we wrap things up, Grace, 
Becca, should we do some rapid fire questions to get her ready for the interviews? Sure. We could do this after, but like, is there a way, is it going to be on TV or how do we mm-hmm. watch the competition? So it hasn't, there's, hasn't been an official announcement yet. Um, I'm guessing they keep saying like, it's going to be very similar to last year. And last year it was streamed on Peacock. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking this year it will be streamed on Peacock, but that's not 100% like guaranteed. As soon as I know, I will reach out to, there's a, there's a list of people that I need to send the information to. So as soon as I know, I'll, I'll send it to you guys. And hopefully we know by next week when this is released. So, awesome. yeah. okay. so if we know, we'll, we'll post a link or something in our show notes and Perfect. you guys can help your grace on. Okay. Yes. I'm ready for the questions now. <laughs> all right, let's do it. <laughs> okay. We'll try to keep them all Wisconsin based. So chef's kiss. Uh, let's kick things off. Badgers, Packers, Bucks, or Brewers? Badgers, Ooh. Badgers okay. by far. Bucky that by a million. That was a given. It was. Yeah. All right. Start you off easy. Fresh cheese curds or fried cheese curds? I I am a fried cheese curd girl. I think that's a disappointment. It's it's it's, I don't know. I I I am too. It's okay. Okay. I was like, I know fresh cheese curds, like everybody else in my family loves them. They we all go to our like local dairy farm and, and pick them up and they're still warm and like it's amazing for them, but I'm just like, this just kind of is weird to me. It's amazing for you, but I hate it. <laughs> Say I, I think hate fried it. is always better anyways. Like, yeah. Yeah. I totally understand. Squeaky cheese curds, they they do something funny to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not in a good way. Oh, no. Anyway. No. <laughs> anyway. Are you lactose uh, intolerant? <laughs> I hope not. I would cry. Um, oh. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Detour. Detour. Um, gosh, I forgot. Uh, if you're going to a tailgate, are you choosing a brat or a burger? A burger. I mm-hmm. I love a good burger. Fun. This is a total side story, and I know these are supposed to be rapid and quick. Nope. But peanut butter, peanut butter, bacon, and cheddar on a burger. Chef's kiss. Like so peanut many butter. people question. Yeah, people question about peanut butter. Don't knock it till you try it. You got to do it. Have you tried putting banana on top of it? What? With the bacon? Mm-hmm. With the cheddar. Yeah. My yeah. I don't know. I think I would take the cheddar off, but I would be willing to try banana on it. Cause I do love like a banana peanut butter sandwich. So for breakfast, my grandma likes to have peanut butter, bacon, banana toast. Oh, all right. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, your, mm-hmm. your grandma and I need to talk sometimes. Yes. <laughs> we got yes. the same taste buds here. <laughs> I'm a little bamboozled right now. <laughs> it's hey, good. Uh, Try it. You walk into Quick Trip. What are you getting off that hot spot? Oh, okay. Hot foods, the garlic parmesan wings. They there's just oh my god. There's so something good. about them. Uh, I also have become very obsessed. They had I I think they still have them. The limited edition mac and cheese and bacon bites. Oh. You know, I get that and the garlic parmesan bites at, for like a meal sometimes. Totally diabetes in two boxes, but it's great. Right, right. I love it. It's delicious. It's cheap. It feels like it's so good. <laughs> good answers. Yep. Okay. You're going to Culver's and you're getting some custard. What is your go to order? You know, the go to, 
would probably be vanilla with cookie dough. I'm I'm very basic, but it also depends on the the flavor of the day. Because if the flavor of the day is like Oreo cheesecake or brownie mountain or one of those, because I love chocolate, love sweet things, then that's it. Like that's the one. <laughs> yep. The Me too. Uh, Oreo chocolate volcano. I think that's what it's called with the. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. There's just something about it. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime I'm driving by, like if I see it, I'm like, I'm not even hungry, but yep, we're going. (laughs) Yep. It's happening. It's happening (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Oh, I'm running out of questions here. Um, I was going to say, make it a good one. This will be the last one. (laughs) What's your favorite breed of cow is, but. Oh, if you want to say brown Swiss, we could, we could answer that one. Um, Mm -hmm. I could not tell you. I like I like the fluffy show cows when they're all like shampooed and conditioned. <laughs> yeah, I know that's yes. not a breed, but I don't know cow breeds. I'm sorry. No, they're just beef cows. Um, <laughs> ah, they're just they're just cows. Um, all right. What is your favorite season in Wisconsin? I know you said you're probably going to go to Arizona, so I'm guessing you like it a little bit warmer. But maybe you know, you'll surprise I, me. I do love summer. I don't think I will love Arizona summer. I'd like to preface that. Uh, That sounds way too hot. I do love summer in Wisconsin though, because that's something that like I mentioned, I'm a competitive water skier. So I get to spend time out on the water with family, friends and dogs because dogs are always important. Uh, I do love fall and winter though. I would have to say spring is my least favorite. It's really ugly. It's just like not cute. The snow is melting. It's mucky, slushy, like mm, not a fan. And you can't really do anything. Cause like you got to wait for the ice to get off the water. So you can't do any water sports and you can't like go downhill skiing. Cause the snow's crappy. Like it, there's just no, there's no medium in the middle there for spring. Uh, but I do love winter. I'm, I grew up in Wausau, I mentioned. So I did go to Granite Peak and downhill skied there. So that's also a big kind of highlight of, of my childhood and my life story. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Um, well, I, I'm going to sound like such an old person, but Grace, like it's been a pleasure. Um, you are such a fascinating, you're such a fascinating young lady. And I can't see what, I can't wait to see what you do in life. Cause it's going to be amazing. Whatever you do. Um, thank you for coming on here today. I've learned a lot, um, about everything. You just, I, I feel like my mind is just blown from everything that you've told me. We wish you nothing but the best at Miss America. And and when you win, you're going to have to come back on the podcast and tell us all about your experience. So gladly, gladly. Fingers crossed. We'll see what yes. happens. <laughs> Got fingers, toes, everything crossed oh. for you. And we're going to be rooting. If you hear us screaming from our little, our little places here in Wisconsin. I would love that. Yeah. I would love that. And I, I, I appreciate it so much. Thank you for inviting me and having me on the show, Amber and Becca. It's, it's been lovely. And it was great meeting you guys at Quick Trip too. I, I yes. laughed because today, this is now my like second media interview that's directly corresponding with like that Quick Trip day, you know? <laughs> trip just brings it. all the people together. <laughs> we just, we love it. We love it. it you don't know who you're going to run, run into at a Quick Trip event. That's for sure. Or oh, at a Quick Trip. <laughs> That's awesome. right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, for everyone out there, like we said, if we know the link um, of where to watch the competition, we'll put it in our show notes. Otherwise, we'll make sure to put it um, up on our Instagram. If you're not following us yet, we're at Forward Farming. Um, you can find Amber at Cranberry Chats and me at Becca Hilby. Grace, um, what is the social media handles for people to follow you at? 
Uh, Instagram is Miss America WI and TikTok is also Miss America WI. Um, and then the Facebook is just Miss Wisconsin. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed it and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you. Bye.